She's a business mogul. Number one. And wellness expert. How can I help? And now Chantel Ray and her amazing guests are here to guide you on your wellness journey. Time to level up. Welcome to the Waste Away Podcast. Hey guys, welcome to today's episode and we have a wild episode for you. You are going to be like, what? Things that you thought were one way are going to be turned around today. So I have an exciting guest for you. He's taught me a lot of things and I'm really excited to have him on the show. His name is Morley Robbins. Morley, welcome. Well, thank you, Chantel. Great to be here. All right, let's... Yes, let's first dive in and talk about vitamin D. Okay, so one of the things that you hear people talk about all the time is that, oh, you're not getting enough vitamin D. The majority of the people are low in vitamin D. You need to supplement with a lot of vitamin D. And let's hear what your take on that is. Um, had this conversation a few times. Um, What's important to keep in mind is that uh, there's a lot of focus and attention on vitamin D, but there's more to the story. Um, Many of the nutrients and minerals that we're so preoccupied with have partners, calcium and magnesium, copper and iron. Um, But in this case, we're talking about vitamin D. Well, vitamin A, is its partner. And not a lot of discussion about vitamin A in, in the uh, mainstream media, as you, as you well know. <clears throat> so what's important for people to understand is that the, the, uh, the label vitamin D deficiency is a completely fictitious term. That <clears throat> um, think of it like Uh, We all drive cars, or most of us drive cars, and we know we have a gas gauge, and that's one way to measure what's happening to the fuel. But we also can measure miles per gallon. And when we look at the fuel gauge and we see that it's on empty, oh yeah, we we know we've got to go to the gas station and fill up. And what they want us to believe is that vitamin D deficiency is like a fuel gauge when in fact it's not, it's miles per gallon. And when your miles per gallon are low on your car, you can fill the car with gas and the mileage is not gonna improve. You've gotta change the timing in the engine, you've gotta change the spark plugs, you've gotta change the air pressure, you gotta do a lot of things to, there are a lot of variables that need to be corrected to make sure that the engine is running efficiently. Well, when vitamin D is showing low on a blood test, the questions that should be asked are, is there sufficient magnesium in my body and in my liver? And when we're under stress, as most of us are on this planet, especially for the last two years, it's important to understand that when we're faced with acute stress, we lose magnesium like that. And the enzyme to make vitamin D, the the type of D that we're looking at on a blood test, it's called 25-hydroxyvitamin D. The enzyme is activated by magnesium. 
where does that transaction take place? In the liver. And when magnesium is low, that enzyme doesn't work effectively. And we're not gonna produce as much uh, of that enzyme, the storage form of, the, of vitamin D. Then it begs the question, why is my magnesium low? Well, I'm under stress, but it's also very typically, I've got too much iron in my liver. Why do I have too much iron in my liver? Well, if you don't have enough copper in your diet, um, it's been known since 1928 that a low copper diet in an animal will cause iron to rise in the liver. Very well established in the literature. And just last year, last January, it was proven genetically. They looked at 10 different genes and only one of them increased its expression under copper deficiency. And it's the gene that makes the protein to store iron in the liver. It's called ferritin light chain. Very important gene that has a very important role in our body, but it's most expressed under copper deficiency. So it's connecting dots that people have never heard about. So the, the low D that's been um, proclaimed for the last probably 20 years is a misnomer. And it's miles per gallon. It's an indication of stress. <clears throat> it's also, excuse me, it's an indication of inflammation. And the metabolic event that takes place before inflammation is declared is magnesium deficiency. And that's the pioneering work of William Wiglicki and his colleagues at George Washington University back in 1992. So again, there's a lot of, of um, misunderstanding about it, but the most important piece of the puzzle that's missing is not understanding vitamin A status relative to vitamin D status. And what we've learned over the years is that there should be three times as much vitamin A showing up in the blood as there is vitamin D. <clears throat> That's not always the case. In fact, more often than not, people have very low vitamin A, not, they don't even know about it, and they don't know that that's an indication that copper metabolism is going to be weakened by it because vitamin A and copper have a very profound series of, of roles in the body to make sure that um, energy is produced, to make sure that iron is regulated, uh, to make sure that genes are working properly. And it's just, there's a whole, it's almost like there's a parallel universe that people don't know about because there isn't much attention given to copper and vitamin A. And all of the attention is directed at iron and vitamin D. And I think we've learned in the last couple of years to begin to question the narrative because there's more to the story. So hopefully that gives you uh, some more to work with in regards to that issue. Yeah, and I think that a big thing that we don't talk about enough is that when we're taking high doses of one nutrient, it can actually cause an imbalance or a deficiency in another. And I don't think that's talked about enough. No, and, and, the, and the, it's a very uh, subtle uh, fact in the literature. It's not easy to find. But <clears throat> as soon as you start increasing the intake of vitamin D supplements, this is different than going out in the sun. It's one thing to, to 
produce vitamin D because you're, you're getting kissed by the sun. It's another to be downing little pearls of soy-based uh, synthetic D, not, not advised. And when you start to increase the intake of vitamin D, you're gonna block the body's ability to absorb retinol. And, and the thing is, you've been trained to, to think that vitamin D is gonna solve all your problems. Well, it doesn't. And in fact, I would say that vitamin A is 100 times more important than vitamin D. A colleague sent over an article just this morning from 2017 that clearly demonstrates the role that, that copper and vitamin A play in controlling influenza. And so it's, a, it's another world out there that people don't know about because we've all been taught to look this way and we're not asking questions over here. I wanted to ask you guys, how is your sleep? Did you know that there's one phase of sleep that literally everyone fails to get enough of? And that is responsible for your body's daily rejuvenation, its repair, its controlling of hunger, its weight loss hormones, boosting energy, and so much more. I'm talking about deep sleep. I have an aura ring and I actually check what my deep sleep is every day. But if you don't get enough deep sleep, you're probably always going to struggle with cravings, metabolism, premature aging, and even worse conditions. A big reason is magnesium deficiency. Did you know that over 80% of the population is deficient in magnesium? It's insane. It plays such a big role in your body's stress response and so much more. Before you just go out and buy a magnesium supplement, it's really important to understand most magnesium products are synthetic or they only have one or two forms of magnesium when in reality your body needs all seven forms. So I recommend a product called Bio Optimizers. It is called Magnesium Breakthrough. It is literally, I'm taking it every single night, like every night. I love it. It's the best one out there. And you can actually get 10% off that magnesium breakthrough. It is the best aid I know for boosting deep sleep. Go to magbreakthrough.com slash waste away and make sure you use the code waste away so you can get 10% off. So why do we have a vitamin a deficiency and why do we have a copper deficiency? Um, great questions. Uh, in September of 1955, President Eisenhower had his first of eight heart attacks. He was a very highly revered individual, as you can imagine. And he was actually playing golf when he had his first heart attack. But what happened when that, when that took place the narrative started to focus on cholesterol and how this cholesterol thing was so bad and it's causing all this heart disease. And the country was actually held hostage to that narrative for 65 years. It wasn't until 2016 that uh, Raznikoff and Diamond uh, were able to, to publish a definitive study to prove that this cholesterol thing is not, it's not true to stop, stop talking about it. Uh, <clears throat> but what people didn't realize is that when we went on a cholesterol-free diet, we all adopted what's called a low-fat diet. Well, I've come to realize that the word fat stands for from animal 
tissue. And saturated fat is actually our friend. The um, oils that people are so fond of, the so-called heart healthy oils <laughs> are anything but, uh, the seed oils are not uh, designed to enhance our life lifespan, I can assure you that. And when they took the cholesterol out, what they were eliminating was retinol. The, the, we lost access to retinol. For years, I used to uh, do my reading at Starbucks in the morning, and I enjoyed, painfully, but I did enjoy hearing so many people come in. The vast majority would ask for a skinny latte, low fat, no fat. So now we have, you know, low fat milk and oh my goodness, margarine, don't, don't use butter, that's got fat in it, right? Well, <clears throat> skinny lattes, low fat, back to low fat, no cream, oh, I would never use cream. And it goes on and on. And if you, if you look at an old cookbook, everything was based on fat because our ancestors knew that that was the richest source of nutrients, the heavy creams, the butters, things of that nature. And that's all been engineered out of our diet. And then um, there's a very important alliance between retinol and copper. And it's, you know, it's well-researched. In fact, it was uh, Thomas Moore, who was a famous uh, researcher uh, at uh, Cambridge University in the late 60s. Um, he, was a, he was the first to identify that this was a very important alliance between vitamin A and copper and, and documented it very clearly in his research. And nobody knows that now. Gosh, that was, that was 50 years ago, you know? And so um, the copper and the retinol have a very powerful alignment in the body. You can't absorb copper unless you have fat in your diet and you can't excuse me, metabolize fat unless you have copper in your tissue. So these, they have this very interdependent uh, role and nobody talks about that. And the fact that there's so much more energy that's produced by burning fat um, so that, that you have the ability to, um, when, we burn, when we burn sugar, we can make 32 units of energy. When we burn fat, the same amount of fat, we can make 140 units of energy. Well, that's completely different. And so there's a, a much greater ability to satisfy the body, not just from a, from a hunger standpoint, but from an energy standpoint. And so um, I think the, the key is that what I've devoted myself to over the last 12 years now doing research is trying to find out how do we um, bring the body back into homeostasis. And it's really, how do we overcome the stress that we're living in? And the point that I, I, I really emphasize is that when we have stress in our world, we have oxidative stress in our body. When we have oxidative stress in our body, that means that we're not activating oxygen properly. We're not able to take full advantage of the oxygen and the energy molecules that we have and so it's, um, it's the foundational uh, piece of the puzzle that so many people are not aware of or they tend to overlook just because they're, they're chasing this issue or that issue. But this is the bedrock of how 
uh, the body stays in balance and how energy is produced. And there's, I don't think there's two nutrients that are more important than copper and retinol in terms of their, their reach inside their metabolism. And sometimes I hear you call it retinol and sometimes I hear you call it vitamin A. Do you just interchange them all the time? Yeah, I do. What you've got, great, great question. We have two different forms of vitamin A. We have what's called uh, preformed vitamin A and we have precursor vitamin A. And so preformed is the animal-based form of retinol. It's already been produced for us, we can uh, take it in our diet and our body knows exactly what to do with that retinol. <clears throat> the precursor form is called beta carotene. That comes from vegetables, vegetable sources. And people think that they're one and one, that one unit of beta carotene equals one unit of retinol. And there's something called retinol equivalency units, REUs. And in fact, it turns out that it takes 12 beta carotene to produce one unit of retinol. And, and so that when you're looking on your supplement bottle and you see that, oh, I'm getting 12,000 units of beta carotene, thinking that you're getting a lot of vitamin A, you're only getting 1,000 retinol equivalency units. And so it's, it's a uh, sleight of hand that's used by the nutritional field all the time because most people don't know about the fact that beta carotene is not retinol. And the, the real uh, interesting twist is that there's a very important enzyme called beta carotene monooxygenase, means it's working with one, one atom of, of uh, oxygen to make the change. And that enzyme, BCMO, is copper dependent. So if you don't have copper in your diet, you can eat all the beta carotene you want. You're not going to produce the retinol that's needed to make your copper usable, functional, and bioavailable. Hey guys, I'm so excited. My new book, One Meal and a Tasting, is out now. And if you order the book on Amazon, just the regular paperback edition, if you go in and make a review, you will get the audio book for free. Send a copy of your receipt to questions at chantelrayway.com and you'll get the audio book right away. So one thing that you asked me to do is you asked me to go to requestatest.com and you gave me a list of different items that you thought, hey, the, this is what we need to test. So I want to talk about what were the tests that you asked me to do um, and why those particular tests in general, and then talk about what my test revealed and how we can turn that around. Absolutely. So the, the panel, it's, it's called the Full Monty Iron Panel. And it's just uh, taking existing blood tests, but putting them together in a, in a package. And there's a lot of confusion in the field because um, <clears throat> people are not looking at multiple minerals in relationship to each other. And so what the, uh, the Full Monty panel does is it, it looks at several different markers for iron. It looks at a couple different markers for copper status. It's looking at zinc status. It's looking at magnesium, but not magnesium in the serum, in the seawater, it's looking at it in the red blood cells. 
because metabolically, magnesium is very important for energy production in the red blood cell. And it's also looking for uh, what the status of vitamin A and vitamin D is. And so what we've learned over the years is that that's a very um, easy way to see how well the body is staying in balance and staying in homeostasis. And there are about 12 markers that we look at, but they're all focused around these minerals and then these two fat-soluble vitamins. And you can tell a lot about the stress that someone's under inside their body by looking at those, those uh, markers. The part that we have to be careful of is that, again, we've been trained to believe that what's in the blood is perfectly representative of what's in the tissue. No, that's not true at all. Um, what's, what's in the blood is true for the blood. We're looking at, um, we're looking at um, copper status. We're looking at 1% of the copper in the body. 99% is not in the blood, it's in the tissue. We're looking at iron. Again, we're looking at a very small, depends on what the marker is, but there's three different markers in particular that we look for. But um, the one that I think is most significant is hemoglobin. And that represents 70% of the iron in our body is tied up in the waders, the hemoglobin carrying the oxygen in the red blood cell. And there's another 10% called myoglobin. It's very light, very similar to to hemoglobin, only it's found in the muscles. So that's 80% of the iron is tied up in that marker. And then we have something called um, serum iron. Well, the red blood cells that we, we recognize um, in a uh, blood test, because it looks red, right? When you spin it down, the bottom part of the test tube is gonna be red, that's packed red blood cells, they're all squished together. And then there's a fluid at the top. It's kind of a um, opaque uh, fluid. It's supposed to have the mineral composition of seawater so that the red blood cells are swimming in seawater. Well, we call it serum, spelled S-E-R-U-M. Sometimes I spell it S-E-A-R-U-M just so people connect the dots. And so, there are nutrients in that seawater. There's minerals in that seawater. And about three to 4% of the body's iron is in that seawater. And it's called serum iron, or sometimes it's called total iron. I'm not sure why they use the word total because it's not total. But in any event, that iron is part of what's called a recycling program. Now here's the part that no one knows about. Every second of every day, we need to make two and a half million red blood cells. So we're, let's see, we're about 20 minutes into this conversation, times 60, times two and a half million. That's a lot of activity that no one is even thinking about. It takes a lot of energy to support that. And in the course of a 24 hour day, you make two trillion red blood cells. But what's going to surprise everybody is it only takes 25 milligrams of iron, which is not a lot. You and I have about 5,000 milligrams of iron compared to about 100 milligrams of copper. 
That little tiny bit of copper fits on the head of a one inch stick pen. So 5,000, that's that much more, 50 times more. And only 25 milligrams of the 5,000 is needed for this recycling program. <clears throat> 24 of those 25 milligrams are recycled from existing iron in the body. And that recycling program runs on the energy and the genius of copper. Nobody knows that. And so <clears throat> there is this ebb and flow of iron throughout our body, throughout our day. And it's all being regulated by copper status. Why this isn't taught in doctor school, I don't know, because I think it's one of the most amazing things. The, the formal name for it is called <clears throat> reticuloendothelial system. And it took me a long time to figure out that meant recycling. And so that's about 4% of the iron in the blood. And then we have about 10% of the iron is tied up in something called ferritin, which is a storage protein. And turns out there's multiple forms of ferritin. There's three that are inside our cells. And there's one that shows up in the blood. And the serum ferritin is not representative of the intracellular ferritin. We're led to believe that it is, but it's not. And so uh, it's the bookends of ferritin that are so dangerous. It's either too low or too high. And a lot of people have um, ferritin at the bookends. What I've come to learn is that when ferritin is too low, it isn't a sign of low iron, it's a sign of parasites. And when it's too high, um, the liver is not doing well in the recycling program. It's not breaking down uh, uh, ferritin protein properly that's inside the cell. And iron is being dumped into the cell and the serum protein is being secreted out. And the, a lot of confusion around this. Uh, it's, it's been intensively studied, but that's not taught in doctor school. And so people just need to realize that there's more to the story. And it isn't a whole lot more, but it's very different than the traditional narrative around you're anemic and you're copper toxic. That, that meme that seems to play throughout society, especially in our doctor's visits, is just not true. And in fact, it's just the opposite. Most people have far too little copper in their body and what happens is iron rises in their tissue, but doesn't show in the blood. Again, iron in the blood is very different than iron in the tissue. And we're restricted to what we can access through the blood. And that's what the focus of that blood test is to begin to look at the nuances of what's happening, uh, particularly to the iron. We also look at zinc, just to see it's a very critical metal for the liver. And we look at copper and its protein, ceruloplasmin, which is very important for understanding, is the copper usable? Not is it high or low? Is it usable? Is it functional? Is it able to do its job of regulating iron status and oxygen status in the body? And then we look at, uh, as I said, vitamin A and vitamin D because they, they are partners 
and they need to be considered in tandem. And ideally, there should the, the number for excuse me the number for uh, retinol or vitamin A should be three times higher than the number for vitamin D. Very rarely is it, is it the case because many people uh, have been taking far too much vitamin D and didn't know that retinol was even a factor that they should be aware of. So do you recommend people taking vitamin A and copper supplements, or do you recommend just having them eat foods that are high in vitamin A and copper? So, you know, things that are high in vitamin A would be like leafy green vegetables, kale, spinach, broccoli, you know, tomatoes, bell peppers, beef livers, fish oils, milk, eggs. Are you saying, okay, you need to really load up on those type items? Or are you saying, look, it, you need your vitamin A to be three times the number of your vitamin D. So you really need to take a vitamin A supplement or a copper supplement. Another great question. Um, we have what's called the root cause protocol, RCP. Uh, the website rcp123.org um, lays out what the protocol is. It's actually 50 pages long. So this is something that's been, been refined over the last five years. We're at uh, version 10.0 now. And um, it's been a labor of love, but it's really built around what you're suggesting in terms of let's get Let's get food-based sources wherever possible. Um, the important thing about the RCP, though, is that it starts with a series of stops. Stop doing these things, and then start doing these things. And there's about 12 stops and 12 starts. And what will surprise people <clears throat> is that many of the stops that we advocate to try to get you to feel better are things that many of your listeners have probably been doing for years. We tell people to stop, take, stop taking vitamin D, stop taking ascorbic acid, stop taking zinc, stop, stop taking calcium supplements. I mean, it's the, and this is not because we, well, we just feel like saying that. I've been researching this for years, years and years, you know, um, far longer than I ever thought I would, but uh, for, for two to three hours a day, seven days a week, for you know, almost 12 years now. And so my sole focus was, what can we do to help make people better balanced and feel better, have more energy? And that's what's really been driving it. And when I discovered the importance of bioavailable copper, that became the real uh, focal point for the RCP. And so the starts are built around, wherever possible, food-based sources but I think what we're faced with, Chantel, is that the, the food system has changed. Uh, it isn't the, the mineral status in the soil on farms is not what our great grandparents knew as soil. It's, it's getting closer to dirt. And there's a difference between dirt and soil. Soil has minerals and nutrients in it. Dirt is devoid of those elements. And so we're pretty strategic about what we're recommending but I think what we're seeing is that people do need like cod liver oil, but, the, but we're very prescriptive about the forms. There's, there's really only two that we talk about. We have uh, Rositas. So it's a family back in Norway that honoring the, 
the family tradition of, of making this um, particular form of cod liver oil. And then we have an Alaskan cod liver oil that we really promote. Uh, one of the bigger distributors is uh, Jigsaw Health, but there are others. And so we're, we're really focused on getting the best possible sources of retinol and cod liver oil is a great source of it. Um, and there is some vitamin D in there as there would be in nature. There's always gonna be a pairing, but in cod liver oil, there's like 10 to 20 times more retinol than there is vitamin D. And so people need to understand that there's a reason for that. There, there, there really is a specific reason. And we're also looking for it in, you mentioned liver. When people, when people think of the liver, they think about, oh, it doesn't have a lot of iron in it. It does have iron, but it's designed to have more copper than iron. The liver was originally designed to be a storage depot for copper and retinol. And it's only been because of changes in the food system over the last probably 75 years that there's been this rising amount of iron found in the liver. And it's, you know, too much iron in the tissue is where the chaos is created. So the goal is wherever possible, get it in your food. But I think the challenge we've got now is that the food, it, it looks the same on the outside. Does it have the same mineral and nutrient density that our great grandparents had when they were our age? And I would say it doesn't because of the, all the changes that have taken place uh, in the last 75 years in farming. So people have to be very careful about where they get their food and really careful about um, what, the, what the vitality is of that food. And it makes for some very uncomfortable conversations at farmer's markets to ask the farmer, so how did you, how did you feed the soil to raise the grass to feed your animals to produce this product? And a farmer who's really devoted to that process will talk your ear off. A farmer is trying to cut corners, will change the subject and talk about the weather. So you just have to know that, that there are many, many, many committed farmers out there that want to make sure that the soil and everything upward from the soil has been properly mineralized and it has the nutrients it's supposed to have. And that's really what we've, we've taken for granted is we think that we can walk into any supermarket in any place in the country and we're gonna get access to quality food. What's the one word that all supermarkets use? Fresh. <laughs> it's fresh. I'm not saying it's high quality. I'm not saying it's nutrient dense. I'm just telling you it's fresh. And we've got to get past that kind of like childlike narrative. Oh, if it's fresh, it's got to be good. No, it doesn't mean that at all. It just means it's fresh. It just, I just picked it. But, but maybe it wasn't really particularly healthy soil. So it, it just adds to the day. Oh my gosh, I've got more things to be thinking about. But, you know, seek out farm to table restaurants. If you're gonna go out to, to dinner, find restaurants that are committed to sourcing the best possible foods they can find. And, they, and they're very passionate about it. And that's the way we should, should be as well, is making sure we're getting the, the most nutrient dense foods we can to support these critical minerals and, and nutrients to keep our body in balance. 
Hey guys, I really want you to join our Intermittent Fasting and OMAD Facebook group. We're doing tons of giveaways right now for posting your before and after pictures and just for posting a question in there. We're giving away free protein shakes, some digest aid, all kinds of fun stuff. So please join our Intermittent Fasting and OMAD Facebook group. The link is in the show notes. So, but do you think that even if someone says, okay, I am going, I eat organic. I do the, you know, I do go out to eat, but I try to go to farm to table as much as possible. I try not to eat, you know, I'm trying to eat. I'm not trying to get rid of the oils that I don't need to have. I don't want to have vegetable oils, all the bad oils. I'm only having olive oil, avocado oil, that sort of thing. But even with that, would you say the majority of people need to be taking a vitamin A and a copper supplement? I would encourage people to get uh, testing done mm-hmm. and, and get beyond the realm of, well, I think I'm doing a good job. Let's take a look. Let's, let's lift the hood up and see what's really going on inside the body. And I would argue after doing this work for almost 12 years, having had consults with 6,500 people, I'm pretty confident that most people aren't doing enough and do need the support. And the the challenge we've got is that people feel like they're doing so many different things to support their health. And I totally respect that. But the part that people don't know about is copper and retinol, especially. And many people don't even know about the importance of magnesium. People have been flooded with iron and vitamin D and sugars, not knowing that these foods have been throwing their body off. And so I think I, I totally understand your desire to try to simplify it and get it down to its simplest choices. But I think, uh, unfortunately, most people are out of balance. Most people are fatigued, which is why I wrote the book, Cure Your Fatigue. I mean, there, there's actually nothing in my madness is to, to write this book so that people could get past how they feel. And and the reason why I titled it that way is that the origin of all chronic disease is a lack of energy. Because when oxygen is not being activated to release energy molecules, that's called fatigue. And And it's oxidative stress. It's another way of calling it oxidative stress. And it has a significant effect on the metabolism of the cells and their ability to produce energy and what I'm trying to do is help people. Once the body is able to make energy at optimal levels, the body knows exactly what to do. The, the, the piece of the puzzle that's been missing are these key nutrients that we talk about in the root cause protocol. So let's talk about, for me, I know that I actually definitely feel better when I take like a liver, kind of a liver and not a liver enzyme, but a liver supplement, like a desiccated liver supplement. And for me, if you look at my test, it says my iron saturation is an eight and it's on alert alert. So, so if someone does that, what would you say, like in my case, is it probably parasites that you would say that I have that's taking all my liver? That's probably what's going on with me, right? It's a very, I think that's a reasonable conclusion. I, I think a more uh, fundamental issue is that uh, on the other side, yeah, your, your iron looks low, 
And again, we're looking at the blood. We're not looking at the tissue. But the iron in the blood looks very low. Um, and your copper looks really high. So what people need to realize is that when iron is low in the blood, it means it's high in the tissue. So I would suspect there's a very high level of iron. And what does iron in the tissue do? It, it feeds the parasites. That's, that's, their, that's their trough. But when copper is high in the blood, it means it's low in the tissue. And that's where you need copper the most, is inside the tissue to make energy. And there's a very important Australian uh, animal farmer, her name was Pat Colby. She wrote a whole series of books on animal care, horses, goats, sheep, and, and cattle. And she makes a very important observation in each of her four books. Any animal that is copper deficient will have parasites. Any animal that has parasites is copper deficient. Now, the mistake that everyone makes is that when they see high copper in a blood test, they say, oh, I'm, I'm copper toxic. And, and we're, we're all guilty of it. We see those big numbers and we, we immediately jump to, there must be too much. But everything is about bioavailability. And the, ideally, there should be 100 units of copper and 30 units of its protein called ceruloplasma. And the ratio of the two should be 3.33. Well, your copper is more than 60% higher than that. Your ceruloplasm is 20% higher. And your ratio is 4.69. And so that's a sign of copper dysregulation, or another way of saying low bioavailable copper. And that would mean even under those high numbers, the activity level is low, which would invite the parasites. Again, Pat Colby's observation working with thousands and thousands of animals during her lifetime uh, bears out in humans as well. And because we are, we are animals, unfortunately. And our metabolism is very similar. And people don't realize that by adopting the standard diet and standard supplement routine, we've become exposed to too much iron and therefore very likely too many pathogens. And I'm seeing a tremendous uh, uh, uptick in the number of people with pathogens. And it's, you know, it's almost at pandemic proportions. And so I, th I think the key is, um, yeah, you're probably enjoying those desiccated beef liver because your body is looking for the nutrients in there. But because of a a systemic inability to have bioavailable copper, you're not able to get the full benefit of, of the foods that you're eating, if that makes sense. Hey guys, I'd love for you guys to listen to a podcast that we did about the side effects from wine and the differences between natural wine and traditional wine. So go to chantelrayway.com slash wine and you'll see transcripts, you'll see some different episodes, but here's the thing. You can get your penny bottle now of dry farm wines and make the decision that if you're gonna have wine, to make sure you have the most natural, healthy wine in the world with no added additives, only natural ingredients. All the other wines out there have so much sulfate, so much sugar. Why put that poison in your body? So get your penny bottle now at chantelrayway.com slash wine. 
So let's talk about really practical solutions. Because one of the things I hear listeners all the time is like, everyone tells us all the problems, but they don't tell us the solution. So I want to really talk about really the most practical solutions that you can think of that we can fix this. So I'm hearing you say, go ahead and get a copper supplement. If after you test, you see that you need it. But but here's the thing, a normal person like me would look at the test that I just took and it said my copper is high and you would say, no, you still need to take a copper supplement and you need to take a vitamin A supplement because you're, Right now, my vitamin A is Very low. 0.8 of what it should be. It should My vitamin A should be three times the amount of my vitamin D. So I should be taking a vitamin A and um, a copper supplement. Is that correct? Yeah, the, the starting point really is um, download the root cause protocol. Start to implement the stops People are saying, we, we want practical solutions. This is something that um, easily 80,000 people have downloaded this protocol. And there are many more that have accessed it from other, other avenues. Um, but if people are looking for a practical how-to, the, the protocol has a series of steps. Stop doing this. And then there's three phases of what to start doing. And it's very prescriptive about what's in phase one, what's in phase two, what's in phase three. And we do recommend cod of oil. And we're now going to enhance the protocol with the idea of getting a copper supplement. But that's not the first thing you do. That's like the, it might be the eighth or ninth thing you do. And I think it's important for people to realize that, again, we're, we're working with a protocol that's been refined over the last five years but it's a five-year-old. Think about where it's gonna be when it's a 30-year-old. The understanding that we have about how best to reverse the confusion that's been created in our bodies because we were eating the standard American diet. One of the recommendations we make is start to eat an ancestral diet. When people want practical advice, stop going to McDonald's. And I think many of your listeners wouldn't do that, but there may be some that still do. And you've got to be really careful about what your exposure is to genetically modified foods. It's, it's throughout the entire food system. The part that people might not know about is high fructose corn syrup. It's absolute poison to our body. Why? Well, it's, it's really sweet, but it stops the uptake of copper in our uh, digestive tract. Do you think that's an accident? I don't know, maybe it's just a coincidence that, that it happens to take place. Maybe it's a coincidence that no one's talking about vitamin A and everyone's talking about vitamin D. And it's, it, what we're trying to do is reverse that confusion. And that's what the protocol does. Um, the, 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 um, the website that I mentioned has the hand, handbook available. The book that I've mentioned has the handbook in, built into the, um, the book itself. And that's where people need to start. This idea that you're just suddenly going to slap copper and, and retinol into the body and everything's going to be fine. No, it's it's not quite like adding STP to your car engine. It needs to there needs to be a deeper understanding of how did I get out of balance? And you've got to let go of the mainstream narrative. I, I can't say it any more directly. We have been misled and misfed. 
And that's a very important cornerstone of understanding. And the other phrase that I would introduce is that uh, one of my friends is a, a pastor, and he introduced me to his uh, course in logic that he uses so that his parishioners can have discussion and debate about the Bible. And the cornerstone of this program is called Missing Information Equals Missing Truth. Well, people didn't know that copper was critical for making energy. People didn't know that retinol was essential to make copper bioavailable. People didn't know that if copper's low, iron's going to go high. And I could go on for about an hour identifying all of the missing bits of information that mainstream nutritionists, mainstream doctors do not talk about because they were never trained. That's the, that's the downfall of the system is that they are a product of their training. They're wonderfully talented, compassionate, gifted people, but they've been poorly trained because the system had a narrative and we didn't know that. And so I think people need to really step back from their, their uh, daily habits and question everything and say, is this in my best interest? Am I doing what's right for my body? Given that when I'm, if I'm feeling fatigued, I better address what's the source of producing energy and it's minerals and having the right kinds of, of proteins, carbohydrates and fats in your diet. And you've gotta be really thoughtful about that in order to reverse that momentum. I want to talk about parasites for just a second, because I think that a lot of people don't realize that it's more prevalent than people think it is. And so like someone like me who eats really healthy, I eat organic, I eat, you know, really clean. Um, and so it would be like, okay, if I'm, if my iron is low, and I do eat a lot of meat and I do eat a, you know, a lot of grass fed beef and all of this, that the chance of me having parasites is pretty good. So I want to talk about some of the top things that you've seen to kind of help with parasites that has been kind of a game changer for people. Yeah. Well, I think what's important for people to know is where do these parasites come from? They come from other animals. And it isn't necessarily the food we're eating, it might be pets. You know, people who, I, I, I had a consult with a veterinarian uh, assistant. She'd worked in a veterinarian office for 25 years and had never done a parasite cleanse. It's like, wow. I've, I've met farmers up in Pennsylvania, do a lot of work with the Amish. They work with animals all the time. They didn't know they were supposed to be mindful of, of exposure to animals and parasites. So again, we have to shift our consciousness. Um, but I think it's, it's really important that... Um, Within the protocol itself, we have four components that are designed to deal with parasites. We have diatomaceous earth, we have boron, we have iodine, and we have copper. And those four nutrients are legendary in their ability to address parasites. But even that may not be enough. Um, the, um, what the parasites don't like is frequency. They'll, they'll cave to, to chemicals on the short term, but they're very adaptive creatures. They've been around on this planet a long time. 
and they know how to morph and, and adapt. And so parasites, parasites are not just found in the gut. We'd like to think they're just localized in our intestine and we can get rid of them with, with this cleanse or that cleanse. And really what, what parasites cannot fight is frequency. And the, the source of the frequency that they dislike the most is called the frequency of copper. And that's what Pat Colby's whole um, focus is, making sure that the farmers know you've got to make sure there's adequate copper in their diet to keep their system in balance. But we live in these challenging times. And what other sources of frequency are from either biomagnetism or bioresonance machines. Um, Dr. Goyes, uh, a, an award-winning legendary physician from Spain, um, developed a whole field of, of healing based on magnets. And it's based on uh, the pairing of magnets over tissue to bring the pH of the, of the body back into balance so that optimal energy will kill the parasites and other pathogens. So it's an amazing field of study and it's called biomagnetism. And there are practitioners throughout the country and throughout the world. Uh, they're not as prevalent as I would like, but uh, they, they do exist. And then um, what's become a very popular form of intervention is bioresonance machines. People have heard of the Rife machine or they've heard of Spooky 2. Uh, Holder Clark has a system called uh, the Zapper. These are, these are systems that are designed to emit the frequency to deal with the parasites. And they're very effective at what they do. So those are some breakthrough approaches that I think people have had a lot of success with in trying to bring the, the, uh, the pathogens uh, in, under control. Awesome. Well, tell listeners where they can find you, where they can follow you, and where they can get your book. You bet. Um, I hang out on the uh, on Facebook with Magnesium Advocacy Group, where we have a page. That's a group. We have a page uh, talking about the root cause protocol. Um, the website rcp123.org. Um, my email address is my first and last name at gmail.com. Phone number 847-922-8061. And I know there are people out there that just sometimes they just need to reach out and have a conversation. And I welcome that. Usually when people call and I answer, they, they get a pox. They go, oh my gosh, you, you actually answered. Um, but I'm always happy to make that available. And then for those that are interested in the book, uh, any online platform, it's in um, physical, ebook, and audible. And so whatever your, your favorite platform is, uh, feel free to um, pick up the book. And if you want a signed copy, you can get a signed copy through the, the website. And every, um, every week to 10 days, my wife and I send out 20 or so copies to people who are looking for the uh, autographed version. We're very blessed. We've sold over 10,000 copies. Uh, it's not quite a bestseller, but it's a very special seller for the people who are looking for this um, groundbreaking information about how to regain their metabolism and how to revitalize the body. So I appreciate the chance to have this conversation and let the listeners know what their options are. 
Well, Morley, thank you so much for being with us. I'm just very honored that you're with us today and just all the truth that you're sharing and spreading. We're so grateful for you. And you guys stay tuned. We've got another episode coming up in just a few. Bye-bye for now. Hey guys, thanks for listening to today's podcast. If you enjoy the podcast, it would mean the world to us for you to leave a review on iTunes to get this podcast out to others that may have the same questions that you do. And as always, if you have a question that you want answered, email those to questions at chantelrayway.com. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.